Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Pop Culture Disorder. This is the second episode of the podcast. Uh, a couple little, well, a couple pieces of housekeeping, I guess, to get out of the way. First and foremost, thank you to everybody who has rated and reviewed and sent in the kind feedback. I was a little anxious about doing this podcast, uh, not necessarily because of the podcast itself, but just my own little kind of insecurities, I suppose. Uh, and it was great to see that people loved the podcast. I mean, I was getting a lot of great feedback on the last episode, and I'd like to see it coming. So, um, first off, thank you, everybody. Uh, second bit of news is that the, the feeds are still not up yet. Uh, I got word from iTunes and Google Play that they just need a bit more content uh, up before they can create a feed. So, uh, there won't be any feeds up yet, uh, like individual feeds, unless you're using the Three Angry Nerds Master Feed, is what I refer to it as, for this. Um but I will have a feed up with for just this podcast in the next, like, probably week or so. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Um, also, third, I said there was two. There's a third bit of news. We have a sponsor. Um, big thank you to Shaker and Spoon, who sent me a beautiful box of cocktail... Uh, I guess it's like ingredients for a cocktail, but it's not the actual booze itself. They were very nice to send me everything I need, and then they kind of actually say, like, hey, you know what, maybe there is a certain whiskey or rum or whatever that you prefer to buy, so we're going to leave that to you, but we're going to give you everything else you need. So um, they sent me, and it was a very beautiful box. I mean, as beautiful as a cardboard box can get, this was top-tier um, cardboard box. <clears throat> uh, the box included uh, syrup, uh, ting ting tinctures i think is what they're called um bitters some fruit some herbs even both were fresh uh and some sugar cubes and like so many other things and they basically give you this little recipe card and you can make a cocktail from this now i actually used to work as a bartender so i'm not a complete idiot when it comes to making cocktails but still it was nice to sort of have these things that like i never would have thought to use in a cocktail and uh i made a cocktail and uh not only did i make a cocktail for a date from tinder the other night um spoiler alert it went very well she stayed the night um so i think it's safe to say that this uh, shaker and spoon service is at least guaranteed to be a, a instant hit on your dates but also too I'm, I'm drinking one right now and uh the drink that i'm having right now i can't pronounce the name of it but it tastes delicious actually let's have a quick a little sip here delicious um okay so that was great but you now you're thinking to yourself curtis i want to live the high the high you know, to your life of having these beautiful cocktails in my life. How do I do it? You go to shakerandspoon.com. And when you go there, uh, you can sign up. And uh, basically, once you sign up, there's different little tiers that you can go for. Uh, I think the best one is to go for the year. That's going to come out to something like $480 for the year. Or you can do $50 a month. Um, I'm not the greatest at math, but I think the year is like a lot cheaper. Um, so yeah, if you can't go for the year, I mean, if you want to, I mean, you can go month to month and try it, but I definitely recommend going for the um, $480 for the year. That comes up to like around $40 a month, which is not that bad. I mean, considering that you get all these great ingredients that you'd have to go find elsewhere. And I've, I'm not the greatest at math again, but I'm pretty sure like you can get all those ingredients for a lot more than 40 bucks a month. So uh, give it a try. And um, with that, let's get on to uh, what is arguably going to be the greatest second episode of a podcast ever, and that is 
in terms of pop culture disorder, we are going to be focusing on animated movies not for kids. This is also very... Uh, great time for me to be having a cocktail because, you know, obviously if I had kids around, me drinking alcohol in front of them would be terrible. Um, almost as bad as some of these animated movies that I think are meant for kids or maybe... It's hard to see if they're meant for kids or if maybe perhaps uh, they've never explicitly been like, hey, this is not for kids. Like, you know, they've, they've never really come out either way. Um, but a lot of these movies are just maybe you know aesthetically very appealing to a child they've got the animation and whatnot but deep down they're terrible 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 and not just terrible movies like i'm not saying that they're like a bad movie quality wise but just on terms of like a moral scale like just absolutely atrocious so um let's uh let's uh, let's, let's, let's dive in a little bit here and kind of show you that not all movies that are animated are meant for kids and some of them actually in fact will scar you for life Will scar you so badly that you're gonna be like, oh, I'm never watching that again. So, anyways, let's dive into our first uh, topic here. Can you run? I think not. I think not. Okay, guys. So the first movie that we're gonna take a look at here, that is an animated movie, not for kids, is Watership Down. So I'm not too sure how many people have seen Watership Down. It's kind of an obscure movie, and it's even more obscure outside of Britain and the UK. The only reason I've ever seen this movie, funny enough, was when I was a kid, I had a, a, a friend whose family was British, like very like hardcore British, like everything in their house was very sort of uh, British nationalist and all this other stuff. and. Even in terms of movies, like, they did not have that many movies. And I remember, like, one of the few movies they had was Watership Down. And um, I remember my friend was like, oh, you know, we shouldn't watch this movie. I, I, I've heard it's very violent. And I'm like, well, it's either that or these other, like, kind of British movies that I've never heard of before. And uh, funny enough, in retrospect, I know some of those movies would have probably been better choices than Watership Down. But we went with Watership Down. And I did not sleep. For like a week after seeing this movie so it's probably the closest analog i can think of in terms of like sort of plot structure and what this movie is kind of similar to is something like a bambi or something like that uh it's it's basically about these rabbits who are just trying to evade different predators and it's a dark movie like it is just cynical and depressing and it does not give two shits if you uh, if you're, you know, in the mood for that or not. And for a kid, again, it's like you see this movie and it looks very kind of, you know, you've got like the animated uh, rabbits on the cover and stuff. And you're like, oh, well, this will be a very charming and cute movie. No, it's not. I mean, there is points where like a predator has the rabbit pinned and you can see the blood coming out of the rabbit. There's parts where the movie deals with the death of all these different rabbits and it shows them like their haunted souls. And like there's parts where like the predators will rip out sections of their the rabbit's like skin and stuff and just take like little bites out of it. And I mean... Is it realistic? Yeah, probably. I mean, I, you know, as a um, as somebody who's a grown adult now, I can tell you that's probably how rabbits, you know, get deal with the real world. Is they probably deal with a shit ton of predators, and they probably get messed up quite a bit. That being said, if you're making a movie, an animated movie that's based on a children's novel, mind you, you think that you would at least appropriate it for children. 
but instead they don't they take it and they keep it as is in the novel because i haven't read the novel but from what i've read online it's very similar to the movie and again it's just so dark and depressing it's cynical it's very cynical about life in general and it's really dark and depressing and uh i just found myself just fully haunted by this movie and i've watched it again recently i mean you can even watch it on youtube i think it's very easily uh available if you're wanting to look for it you don't i wouldn't recommend necessarily watching the full movie but if you're gonna watch it just be prepared this movie is going to kick your ass left right and up and down like it's a dark movie again uh and some people are fine with that i personally like i i can't even as an adult, I find the movie to be too cynical and too depressing. And it's something that, like, it's... I, I can respect it for what it's trying to do. It's not trying to hold back real life from children. It's trying to say, hey, this is how real life is. But, again, it, it just comes off as cynical. And it comes off as very kind of dark and depressing. And it just is not for kids at all. I don't... Like, maybe in the 60s and 70s where maybe kids kind of... You know, they were fine with throwing this kind of stuff in front of children. And I think I read a thing online where it said, like, you know, generations kind of were used to, like, things like war being kind of, like, up in front of their face. And, like, you think about something like World War II where, like, you know, I'm sure children growing up around World War II would have seen death and destruction a lot. So maybe it would have been something they're a little bit more um, accustomed to. But that being said, it's just it's not something that generally you're going to want to throw in front of a child regardless i mean i i don't i don't really care what your excuse might be it's just dark and depressing um but with that let's move on to the the next uh movie here that's going to be in our uh discussion and uh, we'll come back and discuss in a sec here oh wow oh nice job how am i gonna fix this guy he's fucked just we turned it up a little too high sorry man you're sorry what about me I gotta put this asshole back together. Where am I? Hey, who's the chick? Look at my clothes. Who's gonna pay for the dry cleaning? I demand you return me to my office immediately. Um, uh, too late. Molecular, uh, molecular instability zone around the spacecraft. You cannot leave. What? Is he kidding? Uh... Oh, yeah. Instability zone. You're stuck here. But I have to be at my parents for dinner tonight. And my gynecologist appointment is on Wednesday. Not anymore. Would you uh, like a drink? Come with me. You'll feel better after a glass of fresh blowout. You have any diet soda? Oh, typical robot. The first Earth chick we see in ten years, and he's got to make a play for her. Tony and Nyborg left. Uh, yeah, just one big. Uh, it's in the transmitter compartment. Oh, thanks, man. Ooh, great. You think this is enough? Uh, 
Nah, go for broke. Good thinking, man. No dive. Okay, welcome back everybody. And the next uh, sort of selection I've made here in terms of the discussion on animated movies not for kids is Heavy Metal. And Heavy Metal is a kind of largely obscure 80s animated movie actually made by a lot of SC's TV alum uh, like John Candy, uh, Eugene Levy and whatnot. And they all kind of bunkered down and made this film which... Um, you know, if you look at it, it very much kind of looks like a Star Wars or, or whatever in space. Like, it, it's very much like an animated sci-fi film. Uh, except for when you start to watch the film and you realize that uh, there's people being decapitated. There's tons of nudity. Uh, I mean, very much so in one review of the film when it came out. It was a positive review of the film, mind you. But the reviewer said, this goes to show that animation is not just for kids and teens. It, and it's true. Like if you watch this movie, it's very much geared at an adult audience, and there's no sort of shame in that. I, I think a lot of movies nowadays, they sort of kind of they gear themselves towards kids, which is great, and they maybe put in some stuff for the adults, but it's not like overly. It's not as kind of overt as it kind of could be or should be, uh, which is why something like Sausage Party always kind of grabs me is just because it was like such a bold kind of attempt to harken back to these, uh, you know, like kids or animated movies are not for kids. And, um, I think Sausage Party had its problems, but largely I think it, it was a, an attempt to sort of get back to something like a heavy metal, uh, or some of the other movies on this list where it's like very consciously not for kids, uh, but uh, actually, Heavy Metal is kind of a good movie. I'm not going to say it's great. Uh, but again, if you kind of go in with the expectation that it's not going to be like your standard animated fare, it can be a lot of fun. Uh, that being said, it does have its issues. And, uh, you know, it's something that maybe you might want to watch a trailer for first or watch a couple clips. Uh, like the clip I, I showed there. I always love this movie just because it has John Candy in it. And John Candy, I've always th thought, is like one of the greatest actors of all time. But like his his lines in this where he's just like he's just like oh, I can't help this robot he's fucked and I'm just like oh that's John Candy delivering some great lines there so um, yeah no heavy metal uh, definitely not for kids although I'm pretty sure there's been plenty of kids that have seen it far too young uh, and you know been so heavily influenced by it all right let's move on to our next selection here this is yours isn't it. They always do that to newcomers. You're new, right? I got that too. Don't worry, they're just big bullies. I'm Tetsuo. Tetsuo Shima. <laughs> Tetsuo, huh? I'm new here too. My name is... Kaneda? Kaneda? Wake up! Okay. Huh? 
There must be some explanation. Uh, it can't be. No. Oh, it's like... like a cosmic rebirth! Ah! Ah! Yeah! Disappeared, uh, vanished, gone, without a trace. Okay, guys, coming back. Uh, let's talk about Akira. And Akira, I, I'm just going to come out and say it right now. There is no, absolutely no way that I'm going to be able to take uh, Akira and sort of condense it into like a small little segment like this. Like Akira deserves more. And I think one day we're going to have to do Akira as like a movie commentary for Three Angry Nerds or something like that. Just because it is such a dense product to sort of get into um but in terms of like discussing it in terms of what we're doing now is i guess akira is is not is an animated movie and it's definitely one of the best animated movies of all time i mean if you've not seen it go see it and don't see it with these english dubs like i know you may not quite understand but like it's better to watch the original with subtitles and not the dubs uh, it might be a little bit harder for you to kind of keep up with, but guarantee you it's going to just come across a lot better. Um, but yeah, this is, let's talk about how great Akira is. And the greatness comes from the fact that, I mean, the Japanese have their, the greatest suffering that I think a lot of them have ever kind of faced and something that has kind of come through in their um, pop culture is the idea of the atomic bomb. I mean, uh, you know, World War II, two atomic bombs were dropped on uh, on Japan there. And a lot of people will look at that and say, well, you, you look at that, it spawned Godzilla, right? So Godzilla was definitely a byproduct of that nuclear age where you dropped the bomb. And now uh, Godzilla sort of represented the fear and anxieties of the Japanese people. And I don't think it ever, it, it's, it's probably been more direct than that. But I mean... As time kind of went on, it sort of became sort of a more subliminal thing and something that you would have to really dive in deep to. But when you go and watch Akira, first off, there's no way that a kid's going to go watch Akira and enjoy it. Because it's such a long anime. It's almost, it's like two, three hours long. It's pretty long. Uh, and also, too, I mean, it's, 
a basic acceptance of reality, but it tries to paint it as a fantasy. And I think that's where a lot of people can get confused with Akira because they can think that it's such a simple film. And, you know, it's all about, you know, the cool motorbike sequences and stuff. But realistically, when you look at it, it is a acceptance of that kind of nuclear destruction. And they kind of try to turn it into a fantasy tale. I mean, the, again, that's a very, very basic simplification of what Akira is. And there's so much more that we'd have to de- uh, dig in deep to. And I just don't have the time uh, to really do so right now. But um, I think Akira is... is it challenges people, and I think for kids, it's never going to be something that a child could just go watch Akira and get it. Um, I mean, it is very dense, and it is very much like here's a lot of haunting kind of imagery and stuff. I mean, there's a lot of kind of gory effects in this uh, in this movie, and mind you, it's animated, so it's not realistic really. But I think even trying to skirt that, it still comes across as very haunting imagery. Uh, but all in all, it's such a great movie. Um, but definitely not for kids. I mean, I would never take a kid under the age of maybe 12 at the most and let him watch Akira. It's just too much. So um, great movie. And I think, again, we need to talk about it more sometime. But uh, let's move on to the next pick here. Damn it. You guys, this is all Kyle's mom's fault. Shut up, Cartman. Kyle's mom is the one that started that damn club. And all because she's a big, fat, stupid bitch. Don't say it, Cartman. Wait. Don't do it, Cartman. Well, I'm warning you! Okay, okay. I'm getting pretty sick of him calling my mom. Well, Cause mom's a bitch, she's a big fat bitch, she's the biggest bitch in the whole wide world. He's a stupid bitch, and everyone's a bitch, she's a bitch to all the boys and girls. Shut your fucking mouth, Cartman! On Monday, she's a bitch, on Tuesday, she's a bitch, and Wednesday to Saturday, she's a bitch. Then on Sunday, just to be different, she's a super king, come a may a bitch. Come on, you all know the words. Have you ever met my friend Cause mom, she's the biggest bitch in the whole wide world. She's a mean old bitch, and she has stupid hair, she's a bitch, 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 bitch. Okay, everybody, welcome back. Uh, and South Park, the movie, uh, bigger, bigger, longer, and uncut, I think is what it's technically called. Um, yeah, this movie was like when I was younger, obviously, because I, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty old fart now. But when I was younger, this movie was like the thing that everybody on the playground was like, we gotta go see this. Um, and South Park was always tiptoeing on like just being offensive. Um, I mean, to be quite fair to the movie, I mean, this is being very fair, the show was never as offensive as the movie was. And I think there's definitely times later on where it did. Um, I think because maybe the movie came out and sort of set that precedent that they could do that. But the show was never as offensive as the movie was, at least in the leading up to it. And I'd argue that once that movie came out and people saw it and 
largely, I mean, that movie was very popular, did very well. I remember seeing it at least three times in the theaters, and I definitely wasn't even old enough to see it at least once, but I saw it three times. Uh, that being said, this movie, I mean, do I even have to explain why it's offensive for kids? It's it's just terrible. I mean, that clip that leads us in where uh, Cartman's singing about Kyle's mom is literally probably one of some of the most offensive one and a half minutes you'll ever hear in your entire life. And if you watch the movie and see that sequence, there's a part where he has blackface and he's singing and he's singing with some African kids. It's offensive. It is so tastelessly offensive. But here's 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 where we come in swooping in with that but. It is fucking hilarious. And I'm sorry. I know it's bad. I know it's offensive. And I know watching it that, like, I should feel terrible inside. But I don't. It's so funny. But, again, if you were to show this to a kid, you would definitely mess up that kid. I mean, I'm surprised that I watched it. And I was able to get away with seeing it. Because I remember, I think I'd seen it th three times. And I think a family member wanted to take me to the movie theater. And I'm like, hey, can I go see South Park again? They're like, you saw South Park? I'm like, yeah, I've seen it, like, three times. They're like, oh. They were so offended. I mean, I, I got away with that, and I, I probably shouldn't have. But, oh, man. Uh, South Park. Uh, offensive movie, but so great. Um, definitely not for kids. And I think the show's not for kids, too, either. But, I mean, it was harder back then to sort of parental kind of... You know, it was harder to keep a tab on these things. So it was very easy for you to watch that show as a kid. Uh, just because it was something that was a little bit on later. So if you were like that kind of right age where you were still up then, you could definitely kind of peak a little bit of South Park. Um, and, you know, I know for me, you know, me and my brother, you know, we'd be up a little bit later than usual. And we would just be watching Comedy Central because usually uh, in Canada, there's a channel called Comedy Central. They would show South Park or not South Park, sorry, um, Simpsons a little bit earlier. And so we'd watch Simpsons and then there, it would get into like something like SETV, which is a great like comedy show from Canada. I don't know how many people know of it or have watched it, but then you would start getting into other stuff like South Park. And it was always when like South Park came out, we we're just like, oh, this is hilarious. You knew that, you know, you were staying up late for that. Um, but yeah, the movie itself is great. Um, and I think, again, Sausage Party has kind of tried to get back to that i don't know if it relatively exceeded or uh succeeded as well as it should have but still a fun movie uh but anyways let's move on to the last uh selection here which is kind of a big universal tie Buzz showed up. I wish that skinny brought it and turned on the shower, too. I think I'm getting a cold. Hello, man. Everybody all busy studying for their goddamn exams and all? Hey, Buzz, how'd it go with that DD chick, huh? She got some bod, huh? You have to admit. <laughs> old Charlene isn't bad either, though, right? Like, wow. Heinz, you swine, old buddy pig. You groove behind Alvina and get some kicks tonight, huh? Bastards, you think the goddamn exams is the be all and end all of existence, cosmic life force or something? <laughs> you think they were the friggin' fugitives? Can't even get in a few decent words to a guy, bastards. <laughs> what a bore. They just sit there and take bennies and stay up all night with their face stuck in a bunch of books and their thumb up their ass. 
Oh, yes, yes. I remember when the time when it was all very inspiring and enlightening, all this history and literature and sociology shit. You think learning is a really big thing, and you become this big fucking intellectual and sit around trying to out-intellectual all the other big fucking intellectuals. You spend years and years with your nose buried in these goddamn tomes while the world is passing you by. All the stuff to see and all the kicks and all the girls are out there and me, a writer and a poet who should be having adventures and experiencing all the diversities and paradoxes and ironies of life and passing over all the roads of the world and digging all the cities and towns and, and rivers and the oceans and making all of them chicks. Oh, God. As a writer and a poet, it is my duty to get out there and dig the world. To swing the whole friggin' scene while there is still time, man. My farting around days are over, baby. From this day on, I shall live every day as if it was my last. Yeah, yeah, I must do it. No more of the dreary, boring classes, the dismal lectures, the sitting around bullshitting with pretentious, fat-ass hippies. No more of the books, the spoutings of a bunch of old farts who think they know the whole goddamn score. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God, what have I done? Uh, <laughs> I set all my notes and books and stuff on fire, and uh, now I can't study for my exams. I'll flunk out, and my folks will be pissed off as hell. I'll get a blanket. The blanket's on fire. And we better call the fire department. Okay, my final selection this week is not just one movie, but a filmmaker in general. So uh, there is a filmmaker out there called Ralph Bakshi, and uh, you probably you probably aren't aware of who he is. I love his work. Um, probably the most infamous or famous of his movies that you would probably recognize is the original animated adaptation of Lord of the Rings. So even before you got uh, Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings, you got uh, Bakshi's Lord of the Rings. Uh, but Bakshi is, generally speaking, kind of an absurd filmmaker. Uh, the clip that I just showed you from was from a movie called Fritz the Cat, which is one of the first ever rated X, well, first ever X-rated uh, animated movies. Uh, it was just offensive on so many levels. I mean, we're talking uh, nudity, uh, racism, violence, uh, everything that you could throw under the sun into an animated film. It got it. And then some. Uh, and then you've got his other movies like Wizards, Fire and Ice, Heavy Traffic. These are all like kind of classic movies in a way, but they're also so, so offensive. And I would argue that of all the movies on this list no matter which movie you're comparing it to a ralph bakshi movie beats it hands down for just how in a or how offensive it is and how uh essentially it's not for kids at all but again i love ralph bakshi nonetheless um i actually went through his catalog recently and rewatched a bunch of his movies also a lot of them are on youtube as well kind of like watership down where they're pretty easy to find if you want to just search it up on youtube uh which is good um 
I mean, you don't have to go far to find a Ralph Bakshi movie. But yeah, Fritz the Cat, uh, he didn't direct the sequel, Nine Lives of Fritz the Cat, which a lot of people think he did. Um, I love that uh, movie too. I don't think it's as good as the original. I think it's an emulation of the original style, but it's not as good as the original. But again, any of his movies, Fritz the Cat, Wizards, Fire and Ice. Fire and Ice is basically Lord of the Rings and Conan the Barbarian mashed together, and it's animated, and it's brutal, and it's got tons of, like nudity as well and it's oh it's so good it's like if you like lord of the rings you know and you kind of wanted more of that kind of stuff check out fire and ice like sincerely it is a great movie um but yeah that's it for this week uh, i hope you guys uh, agree that not all animated movies are for kids in fact there's a lot of them that are not for kids um but what, what are some of your favorite animated movies not for kids is there maybe one that you saw when you were a kid you were like oh this is not for me i shouldn't be watching this as a young guy or a girl uh email us at three angry nerds podcast at gmail.com and let us know also check us out on twitter and facebook at three angry nerds and um yeah we'll see you guys next time next one is going to be superhero movies that almost got made all right talk to you guys later